Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe that this message is going to bless your life, encourage you, and strengthen your walk with Jesus. Grab a notebook, a pen, and let's jump right in. Are right at the very beginning of a series that we're calling All In. Now, why are we calling it All In? Because that's our word, or truth be told, our phrase of the year. God has called us as a body of believers to be all in. We're not called to be chameleons. We're not called to go along with the flow. We are called to be set apart. We are called to dive in with both feet. So we're going to take several weeks and we're going to process through an incredible book of the Bible. We're going to begin looking at the book of James. Now, I had somebody before service, they said, it's amazing, last week we kicked off the book of James series, and you didn't use any, a single scripture out of the book of James. That's because last week was the launching pad, today we begin James chapter 1. Now, I'm going to ask you to, to really confess it here for a moment. How many of you have taken a moment to read any of the book of James this week? All right, so a handful of you. Guys, I encourage you, as we go through this series, really begin to read and reread and reread and digest the book of James. Why? Why is that important? Well, if you come in here on a Sunday morning and you just listen to a message for about 30, 35 minutes, then you walk out the door. Guess what? You're going to forget most of what I've talked about. I understand that. I know that's the truth. But if you will begin to really meditate on the Word of God, now I'm not talking about some hyper-spiritual, you know, cross your legs and, and hum a little thing and then meditate. I'm talking about really focusing in and allowing the good news of God, allowing His Word to penetrate your heart. If you will do that, I promise you this, God's going to bring it to life for you. God's going to help you to see those things that you need to adjust in your life. Anybody here a work in progress? Absolutely. Every one of us in the room, we've got some adjustments we can make. So in this series, we're taking some time to find out what do I need to do, what do you need to do in order to be all in, in our pursuit with Jesus. Our text today is found in James chapter 1, beginning at verse 2, it says this, and James is writing, he says, dear brothers and sisters, when, everybody say when, when trouble of any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. (laughs) Wow. When you face problems, when you have difficulties, When opposition smacks you upside the head, James says, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Now, let me give you a little background on James. Who is this guy? What are his credentials? Why why are we taking the time to read the words that he wrote in the book of James? Well, James is the half-brother of Jesus. And truth be told, he didn't become a believer until after the resurrection of Jesus. And he's writing this book 
to Christians. Now, why is that important? Because if he was writing it to non-Christians, then we could excuse our way out of most of what he's written, right? Well, that doesn't really apply to me, Pastor, because I've been following Jesus since 1972. So I don't really have to listen. to No, James is talking to you. He's talking to the church folk. And the problem is the church folk had gotten lazy. The church folk were spiritually immature. The church folk really didn't know what was happening. They were losing traction. They were losing sight of what God had for them. And James says, enough's enough. And I'm going to encourage you in this series Maybe you're here today and you feel that on a scale of 1 to 10, you are an 11.2 in your spiritual journey. But I think it's safe to presume that the majority of the people in this room say, you know what, I got a ways to go. I have a few things that I need to learn. So James says, let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing Nothing. Now, another interesting fact is James had a nickname. Anybody have a nickname growing up? I'm not going to tell you mine, but if you want to tell somebody yours, you can do that. Well, James' nickname was this, Camel Knees. Wouldn't you love that nickname? I'm going to start calling you Camel Knees for now. That's your new nickname, your Camel Knees. Camel Knees. Why was it called Camel Knees? Because he was on his knees in prayer so much that his knees were knobby. Man, now that kind of changes it, doesn't it? I'll be like, come on, call me camel knees. Here we go. He was also an incredible leader. We see through historical um, journeys that, that he dove into the Jewish, the church in Jerusalem very quickly. He rose to a leadership capacity very quickly, which tells me he had great leadership skills. In other words, he had been there, he had seen it, he had done it. He was truly all in. Now, in this series, uh, we're going to take some time to process through several different topics, everything from conquering your trials, and I'm going to encourage you to be here next week. We're going to find out how do we kick sin to the curb. Now, anybody ever been wondering that before? How do I just get rid of sin in my life? Because truth be told, temptation is still going to be there. You're still going to have temptation. But how do we go about kicking sin to the curb? We're going to talk about that next week. We're going to talk about how we deal with conflicts. What does it mean to pray? How do I discover and follow God's will? It's going to be an incredible journey. So I encourage you, engage and be a part and let God begin to really personalize this great book to your life as we all together commit to go all in. Now, I believe that as James was penning this great book, as he was beginning to write down this book, he saw the fact that the local church, the believers of that day, were struggling because they truly were not all in. And he jumps right in with some very difficult words, but I believe he did that because he was trying to challenge their hearts, and truth be told, challenge our hearts today, on this spiritual walk, moving us closer to God. Because here's the deal. When trials come your way, you don't have to explode or even implode. Did you know that? 
When difficulty comes your direction, when you face opposition, you don't have to explode. You don't have to implode. But on the contrary, you can grow and you can mature while being the victor rather than the victim. Come on, that's good stuff right there. Because society is real quick to tell you, you're the victim. Everybody's out to get you. Everybody wants to see you fail. That's what society's trying to get you to, to understand and try to convince you of. But can I just tell you, that's contrary to the word of God. You are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. Con- oh, it would have been cool enough if the Bible said you're a conqueror. Right? Come on. You guys are quiet today. You're gonna, come on, punch your neighbor this morning. Okay, don't punch them. Nudge your neighbor this morning. Some of you are like, I've been waiting all day for that permission. No, nudge your neighbor this morning and say, wake up. God has called us today to be the victor and not the victim. So I want to look at just three realizations as we journey through from trials to triumph. Number one is this. Trials in life will come. Boy, that's encouraging right there, isn't it? Aren't you glad you came? Trials are going to show up in your life. If not today, they're going to be here sooner than later. And one of the things that I love about James is as he's writing this letter, he doesn't mask things with a bunch of fluff. I'm not a fluff kind of guy. I'm one of these guys, you can ask myself, I'm one of these guys that I'm going to say, you know what, that wasn't good. I'm just going to tell you straight up, here's what it is, here's what it's not. We're going to be direct. You never have to guess. Now, I'm not saying be a jerk. There's a difference. But James was straightforward. James was saying, you're going to have problems. You can expect trials to come your way. Now, it's easy, though. We like to make ourselves look like we don't have issues. Come on, look at your social media. What do we do? We post all of the positive, exciting things. Oh, we, we post, hey, I just barbecued. It's beautiful weather outside. No, it's not. It's icy and nasty, right? You know? <laughs> or you spend all this time getting ready. I even heard about this one person one time that kept their Starbucks cup. And every day they would take a selfie and, and make it look like they went to Starbucks every day, but truth be told, they just filled it up with Folgers every day, right? But that's what we do. That's what we do. We try to convince everybody that life is great. Look at what I've succeeded at. Look at what I've achieved. Everything is going awesome. But truth be told, we face trials and difficulties and hurts. So how are you going to respond? What are you going to do? It's easy to want to show that nothing ever opposes us because we think, come on, look at this. We think that makes us look like our faith is stronger. If I can just convince everybody that I'm here all the time, they're going to think that I'm this superhero of the faith. But truth be told, the fact is that the victory over opposition is what reveals the strength of your faith in God. When you lean into him, when you rely upon him, when you turn it over to God. Why? Because problems are inevitable. They're going to happen. It's a fact of life. 
We've all heard this question, why do good things happen to bad people? I've got the answer. You've been waiting for it your entire life. Here's the answer of why good things happen to, or why bad things happen to good people. Because sometimes life stinks. Life sometimes is just not fair. We face issues, problems show up. In fact, Jesus says, in this world, you're going to have problems. Peter says, don't be surprised when problems come your direction. You can count on it. It's going to show up. Now, God could have chosen to put every one of us in our own little spiritual bubble to protect us from all the issues of life, all the struggles, all the trials, all the conflict. But here's the deal. If he placed us in a spiritual bubble, we would have never matured. Right? If we received what we whined about, if we received all the bonbons of life time and time again, we would never grow in our faith. See, without the ability to feel pain, without the ability to have problems, the love of God could never be fully realized. But it's through the hardships of life that our love of God is revealed. It's through the difficulties of life that we really lean into and cling to the love of God willfully turning to him and surrendering to him. But is it easy? No. It's going to be painful at times. But the more that you do it, the stronger you get. We just read that in our text today. Look at what he says. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to what? To grow. So let it grow. First off, they're inevitable. Problems are inevitable. They're going to happen. The second is this. They're unpredictable. You never know when they're going to come your direction. They could just come out of the blue. In fact, in 1 Peter chapter 4, it says this. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange was happening to you. Don't be surprised. Don't let it catch you off guard. You're going to have some issues. You may not expect them, but they're coming your way. Some trials that we face in life simply happen because we're human. We face sickness. We live in a fallen world where sickness runs rampant. Accidents happen. Disappointments occur. Honestly, some trials that we go through are because you're a Christian. Man, as you journey through with Christ, as you commit to go all in, it's going to catch the attention of our enemy, Satan, and he's going to begin to throw fiery darts your direction. He's going to try to catch you off guard, but do me a favor, don't give Satan more credit than he deserves. Sometimes we're so quick to say, oh, I can't believe Satan is up against me, Satan is fighting me hard. No, sometimes that happens because you've made a dumb choice right? Okay, I'm starting to get a few amens. It's funny, though, the people that were amen in me a few moments ago went quiet right then, and those that were quiet earlier now amen in me. It's like, we have spirit. Yes, we do. We have spirit. How about you? You know, <laughs> let me move on. Let's see. Truth be told, when we are pushing forward with Jesus, when we are all in, Satan will do everything he can to take us off track. But we must allow our persistence 
to move forward with Christ. Realization number two this morning. Number one is what? Trials in life will come. Realization number two is this. Trials in life have purpose. You're going to face opposition. You're going to have issues in life, but there's a purpose behind them. Are you taking the time to sit back and say, God, what do you want to teach me in this moment? God, what can I learn through this trial that I'm going through? James chapter 1, verse 3. For when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow. When you're going through life and you hit that rocky soil, when you're going through life and suddenly under your feet are 120 Legos and you're stepping on them and it's painful, what are you going to do? The Bible says, give your patience an opportunity to grow. And in fact, in verse 4, he goes on to say, so let it grow. Don't try to sidestep it, but go through the fire. Trust God that he'll meet you there. I want you to know that God can be trusted to join you not only in the moment, but through the journey. There were three guys in the Old Testament known as the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I memorized their names when I was a kid. We'd always say, shake the bed, make the bed, and the bed we go. That's how I remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But these three guys, the king had instructed that everybody in the land, when the music began, that they were to bow before this great golden statue. Well, they were believers in God and followers after God, and they refused to bow. The king said, we're going to do it again, and they refused to bow. We're going to do it again. They refused to bow. He said, listen, if you don't bow, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. Wow. Look what they said. If we are thrown in the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. Come on, look at that. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, come on, that's hard. Come on. God is able to deliver us from the fire. God is able to move us to a new place. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to rely upon him. I'm going to depend upon him. But even if he doesn't, look what he says. We want to make it clear. In other words, watch my lips. We will never serve your lowercase g, false gods, or worship the golden statue you have set up. So what happened? The music began Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to stand, and God delivered them from the problem, and they never had to face, right? No, don't get excited yet. It's getting hot. They turned the fire up. They increased it. In fact, it was so hot that people that were throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire, the Bible says some of them died in that process. They threw these three Hebrew children into the fiery furnace, But here's the interesting thing. They looked down into the fiery pit and they saw these three guys just walking around. They weren't burnt. In fact, something interesting happened. They threw three people in, but there were four walking around. 
in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the problem, in the midst of the opposition, in the midst of the difficulty, God took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the victim status and brought them into the victor status by the presence of God. Come on, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Daniel chapter 3. Look, he answered, I see four men loose. Oh, come on. Walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. I think it's interesting. Look at this. It wasn't Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that recognized that God was in the fire with them. They didn't, they didn't walk around going, Hey, king, you threw three in here, but now there's four, and it's Jesus. They didn't do that, did they? But in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the fire, in the midst when the heat was turned up, it was the opposition that recognized the presence of God amongst the situation with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I want you to know as you're all in, as you're stepping full force into the presence of God, you may even say, I trust my God. I rely upon my God. My God will deliver me. But even if he doesn't, my God will be with me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego experienced the presence of God in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the hurt, in the midst of difficulty of life. And I want you to know that my God will never fail you. My God will never abandon you. My God will never walk away from you. But my God will walk with you in and through the journey and the struggles of life every single time. Three truths. Three truths of my trials. Number one, trials test my faith. Agree or disagree? Trials in life, man, they test my faith. And the first thing that we need to understand is there's a difference between tests and temptation. We're going to talk about temptation next week. You're going to want to be, look at your neighbor say, you need to be here. Come on, look at your neighbor say, you need to be here. Look back at that person say, back at you. There's a difference between test and temptation. God may allow tests to occur in your life because we need to learn something. But my God will never tempt you to do wrong. We'll talk about that next week. Number two, trials work for me. Say they work for me. Trials work for me. You can allow a trial to work for you or you can allow that trial to destroy you. The choice is yours. How are you going to respond to the trials in life? It's an opportunity, the Bible says, for growth and maturity. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, Those who love God, all things work together for good. So in essence, this verse is telling me that our trials work for us, not against us. The third thing about our trials is this. Trials help me mature. Anybody in the house need to mature a little bit? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> I'd venture to say a lot of us. James 1, 3, and 4, for you know that when faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. There'll be nothing missing in your life. 
Why? Because you've allowed your endurance to grow. That's your patience. That's your staying power. That's your stamina of life. You've allowed it to grow because of the cause of Christ. You've allowed it to grow because of the presence of God as God walks in the journey with you. Can I just tell you, I believe that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were no longer the same. Could you imagine? They're walking down the street and people are like, man, aren't you one of the three guys that were in the fire with Jesus? And they're like, you better believe it. There's no stopping what God can do. You better believe that in that moment, in the heat of the moment, something began to grow, something began to mature inside those three Hebrew children. Number two, your character begins to grow. That's who you are as a person. That's how you reflect the presence of God in your life. Remember, we are to be a representative of him. Everything we say, everything that we do, everywhere we go, the words that come out of our mouth must be representative of who Jesus is. Finally, look at our third realization today. Trials in life are opportunities for joy. Come on. They're opportunities, which means you have a choice of what that outcome is going to be. Verse 2, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it. In other words, allow it to be processed in your mind. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, don't misunderstand what James is saying. He's not saying, just fake it. It'll be good. Just convince everybody on social media that you're good. Just convince everybody at church that you're good. Just put on a smile. It's going to be okay. That's not what James is saying. He's not saying deny reality. See, you don't rejoice for the problem. We rejoice in the problem. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Be thankful in all circumstances. It means that we're thanking God. Why? Because he knows what he's doing. He knows how to turn the issues of our life around. Maybe you've caused a problem yourself. Maybe somebody else has caused a problem. Maybe it just happened because life sometimes stinks. I don't know what the source of your trials and your difficulties are. And quite, quite honestly, the source of your problem doesn't matter. The outcome is what matters. Come on, let me, let me say that again. The source of your problem doesn't matter nearly as much as the outcome, right? So what's the difference? How, how do we move from victim to victor? How do we move from the struggle to the victory? How do we, how do we make that, that change? It's your attitude. Consider it, he says. What is your attitude in the midst of the struggle? Consider literally means to take a deliberate look at, to evaluate, to make your mind up once and for all. Consideration is a choice. Listen carefully. I can't control circumstances. But I can control how I respond. Come on. 
You can't control issues. Now, there's some things, if you make wiser choices, you wouldn't have that problem. I get that. But when trials come your way, you don't always have the opportunity to control it. But you are in full control of how you respond to that issue. Psalm chapter 34 says, I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. Amen. Sorry, I'm just encouraging myself because you all went cricket on me. I will praise the Lord in the good times. I will praise the Lord in the bad times. I'll praise the Lord in the mountaintop moments. I'll praise the Lord when I'm down in the valley. I'll praise the Lord when El victory, all victory is happening. I'll praise the Lord when I'm being kicked when I'm down. I'll praise the Lord when I'm going on a good journey. I'll praise the Lord when I'm in the midst of the fire. I'll praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly well, on Sunday morning for an hour and 15 minutes. No, 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 no. I will constantly, I will daily, I will regularly, I will on Monday when the alarm clock goes off, I will go Wednesday when I'm tired. I will go Friday when temptation comes my way. I will go Saturday when I'm just about there. I will go Sunday. I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will continuously be on my lips. And His glory and His grace. Two instructions. Number one, call on God. Call on God. Verse 5, if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him. Ask him. God will gladly tell you. It's stepping out in faith and saying, Lord, I trust in you. God, I rely upon you. That brings us to our second instruction, trusting God. Call on God, now trust in God. Verse 6 says, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as the wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Now, listen carefully. God is more interested in building your character than he is in making you comfortable. right? He's more interested in the outcome. So we've got to consider it an opportunity. An opportunity to grow, an opportunity to mature, because truth be told, your outlook determines your outcome. I'm going to encourage you guys. As we're diving into the book of James. Don't allow the word of God to dump in one ear and, and fall out the other. Don't allow these messages each week just to pass you by. 
but grab a hold of it, chew on it, get what you need out of it, and then move, move to the next week. Because I believe God wants to take you and me. I believe those of you that are watching online, God is speaking to you right now. God wants us to take us from where we are right now he wants to bring us to a brand new level with him. And this is only possible when we step out of self and into God. Amen? Are you willing to go all in? Or are you comfortable just going through the motions? Let's pray. Thank you again for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to your life.